I'm Chris. I'm also Chris. And we are your friends with benefits. Hashtag FWB podcast on all your social medias. You can join the conversation anytime at 270-883-1617. We're ready to believe you. You know, that's better than it has any right to be. Oh, God, I was about to start the show. And for anybody that doesn't know, which is everybody, uh, I, I brought up my... my show snack i always bring a snack to the uh the podcast room and my snack this week is uh is is string cheese okay and i feel i was told by somebody uh that i work with that they eat string cheese like across they don't like peel it down and after i realized that they were a monster uh because what's the point of having string cheese at that point if you're just going to eat across? But uh, so I took a bite of my string cheese like as soon as you know it was the wrong time because I was about to start talking and it it <laughs> it, it went in widthwise and so oh, it no. clogged up it clogged up my airway. But uh, so that's how we start the show this week is a mouthful of string cheese. So you know whatever. That's how it's done. So, um, as the introduction says, I am Chris. I am also Chris. And we are your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, and the highest rated top show on the Talk Nerdy to Be Podcast Network. We are your friends with benefits and an all new episode, buddy. How in the hell are you? Buddy, I am good. I'm good. And you know, you said you always bring up a show snack. You yep. know what I always come ready with? There, yes. I love it. I love it. What you got today? I had to drink for the occasion. Well, yeah. The day that everybody wants to be one of my people. Well, no, no, no. The day before. Oh, yeah, that's the right. Day before the day. Um, because, hold on a second. I got a thing for that, too. Hold on. All right. All right, all right, all right. I got to think for that too, because uh, I think I know what you're doing, and yeah. uh, I am hell. super pumped. Because you did, you said, "Oh hell yeah, I love it." Yeah, uh, because it is. It is three sixteen, baby. Yeah, I don't know what day everybody's going to be listening to this, but it is three sixteen day. The day. The day of our Lord, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, you know, I had to rock the uh, El Segundo Broken Skull. Yes! Yes, I love, I love Broken Skull. It's a good, it's good. I don't, as you know, I'm not really big on beer. But I make an exception for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, you're damn right you do. Oh, hell (laughs) yeah! proud of you i'm proud of you thank you yeah don't, you don't say that often i don't i know i don't say it enough is what i should say because um, yeah it is 316 the day that we're recording this it is steve stone cold steve austin day 316 day 
And uh, it, it does still bum me out that uh, last year, 316 Day was on Monday. So they had them for Monday Night Raw, but it was right as COVID hit. So it was like an empty arena. Yeah, it was the first COVID show. And it's such a bummer because, like, it's a fucking, it's uh, like 316 on a Monday. Like, it's so perfect for Steve Austin. Can't have it. No. Can't have it. I celebrated by, um, I'm doing the 1998 playback tour, right? And uh, today at lunch, I finished uh, Over the Edge with him and Dude Love in that friggin' like street fight with McMahon as the referee. My God, it was such a good match. Like, it was underrated for like the drama that it it wasn't like a technical classic, but man, it was good. Yeah. Um, Fuck, what was I going to say? I got nothing. I don't know. Nothing, man. I just started talking. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It happens. Um, you want to uh, you want to go over our new contest? Yes, I do. Because uh, we have a new contest starting next week. I can't believe we're going to do this. How many host penises can you fit in your mouth at the same time? Uh, I hope the answer is two. It would be kind of weird, but two. Um, it feels weird. Like I, this is this is like a next level contest. Um, because the prize is ridiculous. Uh, is it though? Well, we talked about it earlier, and I was like, man, we got the clearance to do this. Do you want to? Because it's pretty crazy. And so starting next show, um, we're going to have a special contest for, uh, really for listening live on Twitch, because if you aren't listening live, you can't really participate fully because it's going to be a call-in-to-win contest, and basically the way it's going to work is you're going to hear special special tone, special uh, phone-dialing tone, and when you hear that, you can uh, dial in our phone number, uh, 270-883-1617. You can call in to win. The first person to call when they hear the dial tone or when they hear the like the dialing, the as we call them the toe tapping touch tones, is your <laughs> is your key to to dial in. Uh, you get the Friends with Benefits podcast prize pack, which includes one of it includes like all of the merch we've got. It has like stickers, uh, magnets, pins, uh, coaster. Uh, it's got everything in there, right? But that's not all, uh, because. We're going to have a special listen and guess contest because we have been uh, given the green light to use the secret celebrity laugh for the contest. And if you guess the celebrity laugh, like everybody who plays, we're going to be able to give you a potential different dollar amount to win based on how confident we are that you're going to win it with the top prize. And the first person, I can guarantee the first person that goes for it is going to get a shot at, are you ready for this? Uh And this is not a joke. This is not a gimmick. This is not like, you know, like uh, where you read the fine print and and we're we're lying. First person to go for it, $10,000. I don't even have $10,000. We have a sponsored contest. All right, all right. That that we are, and I, I I tell I say 
not a joke, not a not a gimmick. No. But the first person to call and play through, I can guarantee. But like we're going to be able to adjust the the amounts and uh, um, see how how people will uh, see how it goes. But yeah, so starting next week will be your chance to win up to ten thousand dollars. And it's not like some asterisk where it's like, oh, it's some random country's dollar that is only worth a penny American. No, it's like 10,000 American dollars. Yup. So that's what we're doing on our last ever show. <laughs> then we go into hiding. Um, so that'll be fun. So an incentive to uh, tune into the Twitch stream every Tuesday night. Uh, twitch.tv slash tn2m underscore shows every Tuesday night. We we stream it live and um, you know where there's always a, a chat going and um, now you'll be able to, to listen live and potentially win a shit ton of money. Shite. Ton. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. I don't know. Uh, so that's what's coming up. Also, uh, coming up in the next couple weeks, sometime in the future, uh, I want you to know we're going to have to make time for this. Okay. I know we just did it a few weeks ago, but it is definitely named Co-Respondence. No! Because it's not a book club request, but it is a an inmate fan letter directly to you. Next week. It's not to us. It's not to me. It is 1,000% a fan letter from an inmate to you. Well, all right, I guess. Uh, and, uh, from, and it's, it's, it's funny because, um, uh, I guess he got the inspiration because we were there, uh, or near there not too long ago because it comes from Atlanta, Georgia. No. So <laughs> you got a buddy in Atlanta, Georgia that, uh, has, has sent you correspondence. So we will have some jail mail at some point. It's not a, it's not a top priority. It's not a, you know, we'll we'll get to it, but uh, it is a no joke. It is literally written to you, you, and only you. <laughs> so know that that uh, it is. It, it, it he bypassed me completely. Doesn't really give a shit about the show. Wants to talk directly to you. Okay. So know that. Kind of scared, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, so you got some fans. Um, you have only fans out there. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? That's an off. That, that's a joke. That, that's a joke for two right there. But joke for two right there. We'll get to that. We'll get to that at some point, too. But um, um, you brought up a good point earlier. As you're, as you're one to do, you brought, you brought up a good point. Um, because as you mentioned, it is 316 day 
mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, um, and it's it's basically the pregame to drink a beer before St. Patrick's Day. It's basically St. Patrick's Day's pregame. Yeah, it's the, the little brother of St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, so I know we've done before where uh, we we started the uh, the Mount Rushmore idea, the Mount Rushmore okay. game. And so what better way to celebrate 316 Day and Stone Cold Steve Austin and his illustrious career than what if we picked the Mount Rush, our own Mount Rushmores of Stone Cold Steve Austin's career? Oh, hell yeah. Like, what if we I'm did... i find as many, way, many times as I can to say that this episode. That's, that's, that's completely fine. That's a great, great way to do it. It's, it's all good. Um, so... Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Well, if you're unfamiliar with how Mount Rushmore works, as we each pick, we go back and forth picking whatever the topic is. In this case, it is Stone Cold Steve Austin career moments. And uh, we each pick four, we alternate, and we can't pick one that the other person has picked. So there will be eight separate moments Um but uh, four for each of us that represent our four favorite top Stone Cold Steve Austin career moments. So I will go. I'll go first this time. Okay, go for it. Uh, so my first pick, kind of one of not the moment that really kicked off Austin as a star, but one of the ones that kind of started perpetuating him more into the main event. All right. The 97 Rumble win. Yes. Coming in at number five. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not often that they have the the Rumble Iron Man also be the winner. Yeah. Um, and Austin was, you know, that's the Rumble that has the infamous, like, him looking at his wrist tape and tapping it because he's waiting <laughs> on someone to come out to the ring. Yeah. You know, the, the refs were dealing with something, so Brett threw Austin out, and everyone was like, oh, Brett wins, Brett wins. Brett. No. No, no. Yeah, so. That's a good one. Uh, I will, because, I, yeah, that's the one where, uh, yeah, it led to uh, In Your House Final Four, oh. um, which is an oft-forgotten pay-per-view. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite Fatal 4-Way matches It's, it's, those are so hard to do, and, um, so, um, you know, um, that, they, they pulled it off really well on that one, I agree with you. Um, I will, I will piggyback on that one, uh, because I, uh, I selected for my first moment the following year. Okay. The 1998 Royal Rumble. A solid pick. Which, uh, the lead-up to it was one of the best lead-ups to a Royal Rumble match of all time, where it was Austin versus the world, where uh, one episode of Raw, he had the Sharpie, where he drew a target on his chest, and he ran out, and, like, every segment just ran out and stuttered the shit out of everybody. Uh, like Is he, that the... That has the infamous Jeff Jarrett won yes. the NWA... yes. Yeah, he's like wearing, and like the Rock is wearing the the belt. Like he stuns him when he stuns Jeff Jarrett. He does the strut uh, and goes mm-hmm. through the crowd. Uh, he stuns like he stuns a ton of people. Uh, that was the lead up, and then the match when it's like it's one of the only time, and it was one of the first times ever 
where like when the music hit all action stopped and everybody like every single person in the ring turned and waited to go to get him and he came from the crowd and eliminated like two or three people before everybody even turned around and um he yeah. had something in his hand when he was attacking everyone too didn't he uh i don't remember it, you, you probably watched him more recently than i have so you'd probably know better so um if you I, don't think so then i'm inclined to agree i just remember like everybody was was confused because he was like he stunned like ken shamrock who was you know a good guy at the time but also the rock and jeff jarrett and friggin mark Merritt, like just everybody gold like everybody and uh so he was just stunning the shit out of everybody um and he gave his uh marked man i'm a marked man promo which was like a huge yep. huge thing um, but that match was fantastic because that was when like everybody was like you could tell like everybody was about to break through because you know it ended with Austin the Rock and Farouk and like the Rock and Farouk were kind of fight were were fighting in the nation they were infighting a little bit so like it was so good. And, you know, JR's play-by-play makes it even better. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just a fun, fun time. 98 Rumble. The, both of those Rumbles, I, I think 97 is uh, kind of how you said about the Fatal 4-Way, the Fatal 4 pay-per-view in your house. Um, the, the same thing about the 97 Rumble, I think it's, like, really underrated. But 98 deserves to be in the conversation it is. It has so many good moments that don't even revolve around Austin. The, yeah. The three faces of Foley is amazing. So That's one of my favorites where, like, he just keeps showing up and the commentary is hilarious. Because they're like, like you know, Lawler's all pissed off because he's like, he's already been here. And, and Jared's like, no, that was Mankind. That's dude love. Like, that's Cactus Jack was already here. Like, <laughs> so it just, just fun stuff. Because that, that was like peak fun wrestling. Like, when oh, it yeah. was just like, it was just so much fun. And they had so many, like, they had so many storylines besides the main one. You're right. Like, you had, you know, Shamrock and The Rock, and you had The Rock and Farouk, and you had DX and The Nation kind of getting ready to go at it. Um, you know, it was, it, there was so much that was just really, really good. Absolutely. Uh, you ready for my next one? Yes, sir. I'm just going to say one thing to you, and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. You ready? Yeah. Price check on Jackass. <laughs> what was it? The, uh, Oh, the, the whatever frog. The Was it green frog or something frog? I think so. Ah, oh, the grocery store. The grocery store beatdown of Booker T, where Austin sings, uh, when the moon hits your eye and then bashes him across the face with, face with a salami. So good. Um... <laughs> He's just pegging Booker T with uh, eggs at one point. I mean, it's it was feel good wrestling because like Austin's straight face the entire time, and Booker T is just hamming it up so hard the entire segment. Um, they destroyed the produce section of that of that grocery. I don't know the last time you watched it, but there's like fruit everywhere. 
Uh, it's been it's been a really long time since I've seen it. I need to go back and watch it again. Um, I need yeah, to. And the you know, but you think Booker T's finally got the upper hand, and then Austin walks through the milk cooler, <laughs> pops the thing on like a half gallon of milk, and just like pours it down his chest. That gif is still one of my favorites. Where he like and he holds it up. And yep. yeah, I, I still yeah, use that. Is. Yeah, I use that to this day. It's so good. I, it's... Uh, and, you know, at the end, with my, my, one of my favorite bits about it is, you know, he does the whole thing where he puts a booker in the cart, takes him up, doesn't scan or whatever, and he just goes, price check on Jackass. <laughs> as he's about to leave, they play the blatantly fake uh cop sirens yeah so but again it, it was one of those things where it was like it was fun wrestling yeah like there was no part of it at any point where do you like at no point are you watching that being like these two guys are taking this seriously no but you, you don't care like it's so much no. fun like it is it's just a joy to watch like it's just so like you can't watch it and not just like l- just laugh and enjoy the hell out of it. It's so good. Uh, speaking of a moment Uh-oh. that uh, was enjoyed at home and in the arena for sure, um, I gotta pick it because there was a time where uh, it seemed like every week. Steve Austin would drive to the ring in a different vehicle. Yeah. Uh, for a short time, he had the, uh, the, the Stone Cold truck, which was uh, destroyed in a great match against uh, The Rock and the entire nation. Mm-hmm. Um, he drove, uh, you know, the, the cement mixer at one point. Uh, he drove a Zamboni. And then it hit the apex. When he drove to the ring in a freaking beer truck, uh, which is my moment number two, hitting the ring, hitting the corporation with the the, the corporate beer bath uh, to see Vince McMahon swimming in a pool of beer Um, and hearing him tell the story of there's a moment where like he's, he's spraying everybody and like he's up on the, the ring apron and he turns the hose on himself. Yep. And he's like, yeah, I got a concussion from that. <laughs> Apparently if you try and drink from a beer hose, you, it comes out so fast. It gives you a literal concussion. Um, so there you go. Uh, but yeah, the corporate beer bath easily, Easily a Mount Rushmore moment of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh. Also, just a Mount Rushmore moment of like Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was watching that live, and that was one of those moments where you're just like, I think we would have been what, like fourteen, somewhere in that vicinity at that point. Yeah, that it was that. That was ninety nine. So yeah, I would have been. I would have been f- almost fifteen because it was before WrestleMania. Um, it was leading oh, up yeah. to WrestleMania 15. So, and yeah, it would have been almost 14. So, watching that live, and that's when, like, that was just one of those, like, man, wrestling's so cool moments. It's like, 
Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to talk about like a full in-ring match now. All right. I got, I got, I got a couple of those too. Uh, I, I, I gotta go with the send off. Um, Austin rocket mania 19. Uh, it was, and it felt like, I think they're the only trio to ever headline mania three times. Yeah. 15, 17, 19. Yep. Every other year, which is really weird, but here we are. Um, they, and you know, it felt like this great culmination. It's going to sound weird because, uh, rock had never gone over. Yeah. And Austin kept the fact that he was retiring quiet. Like he told no one that that was just going to be his final match. Uh, so it's his, it's his final in-ring match as a competitor and, yeah, he just he had this amazing run with like everything and he and the rock just kinda I don't know, it felt final and you could tell they were just having fun with each other and that they were both like kinda going balls to the wall and leaving it all out there. Yeah, so. it it uh yeah, you could tell that, you know, they knew what they were doing and they told a great story. Like Hollywood Rock at that point was it started out kinda Meh, but he had really come into his own as Hollywood Rock, and it was it was a great story, and it was two guys that it was it was like the positive it was like the yin to the yang of Brett Sean, yeah, like. Brett Sean at like started out that way where it was like, we're going to try and outdo each other. It's like a, it's a respectful try and outdo each other competition. And then it turned into hatred and Austin rock was always that like, you know, they, they tried to one up each other all the time. And, um, it was out of respect for each other because they both knew how good the other one was. Yep. And that was what made it so special. Like every time they got into the ring, it was special. Well, uh, rocks talked about in interviews. He's like, we weren't friends. We didn't hang out backstage. He was like, we didn't run in the same circles. He's like, but we like, we would go out there and we put away, like we would put on magic. Yeah. And that's how their matches felt. Like, they felt like... Because I know everyone says, but from an actual wrestler, wrestler standpoint, not Austin McMahon, which is by far the defining, you know, thing of the Attitude Era, but, like, Austin Rock is the wrestler, like, the wrestling feud of the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. So it also felt like seeing those two like at mania one last time and then Austin riding off into the sunset. Excuse me. It felt like that was a good, like that was putting the attitude era to bed. So yeah, that was like, they call, um, triple H undertaker, Michaels, uh, the WrestleMania. They call that the end of an era. Yep. But really, Austin Rock Mania 19 was the end of an era. Uh, 
So it really was. It was. It 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 put a because at that point the Attitude Era was was over, and it kind of it kind of like full stop. Like we're done. Yeah. Yeah, you still had like. Triple H and Rock was still there a little bit. I think he left shortly after Mania. Yeah. Um, but you know, you had a couple guys left over, but like the magic was gone. Yeah. Makes sense. So, well, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you go to a really, really fun party, but you stay just a little bit too long. Yeah. And, uh, you're like, uh, I mean, remember, remember a, a few hours ago when it was super cool? Yeah. 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 Um, well, if we're going to talk about the end of the Attitude Era, we kind of got to talk about where it starts. One of the moments that is credited with kicking off the Attitude Era, and that is in my neck of the woods, Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 14, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, WWF championship match. It solidified, uh, as JR says, the Austin era has begun. And um, it was one of those matches that was a, you could literally see the passing of the torch. Yeah, you could well, feel it. Well, yeah, uh, you could feel well, you could feel it. You couldn't see it necessarily, but you could feel the passing of the torch, and that it was something new. It was his first WWF title, like world title win, and it was you know a, a while coming, but. It was so satisfying. It was so perfect. And it literally it set the stage for seriously the next four years of that company. I want to know. Like, I want to know what Sean's plan was. If he, like, if he hadn't dropped the belt. Yeah. Like, I, was he just expecting them to do some kind of tournament and he was going to come out and forfeit the belt again? Well, wouldn't you know it, he was bumping so hard, his smile fell off during that match, and he would probably have to go and find it. Yeah. I say that, and he's my favorite wrestler of all time, so I'm not going to shit on him too much, but he was kind of a dick at that point. Here's the thing, because he's years, and this is completely off topic, but I, and I, I really do believe this. If he never comes back in O2, I don't think he fits that spot for a lot of people. No, and, like, really, like... <laughs> It's interesting. We need to at some point have this conversation of of uh, does Shawn Michaels have two Hall of Fame careers or not, or just one? Uh, because is his what like eighty eighty six or eighty eight to ninety eight ninety eight like is that a Hall of Fame career by itself or does it need? The O2. To yeah, does it need O2 to 10? 10. Wow, yeah. <laughs> does it need O2 to 10 to make it a Hall of Fame career? That's a, that's a hell of a, that, that, that will be part of, uh, uh, WrestleMania, a WrestleMania, um, oh, that's episodes. A good talk, too. Um, because there's a, there's a lot of different things you could take with that one. Um, 
So, uh, and I refuse to, uh, for that discussion, we refuse to include uh, the Coco Beware argument. Um, oh, yeah, Coco Beware argument's out the window. Yeah, like that, that uh, you know, which if, if you ever talk to me about who should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, uh, the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, don't, because, um, yeah, I will aggravate you very quickly. Did I tell you the person who said they didn't believe that Brock Lesnar deserved to be in? Oh, yeah, and you used that argument? I used the Google yeah. Beware argument. And he's just like, fuck. Because it's a good argument, because it, like, it, uh, if you take out the celebrity away, way. Taking away from everything else yeah. that Brock Lesnar has done. Yeah. Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame. Anyone yep. can get in. Yeah, for real. Like, and I don't even want to, like, shit talk, because, like, the Godfather is in the Hall of Fame. Like, and I'm not trying to shit on the Godfather, but, like, is that a Hall of Fame? Oh, whatever, whatever. A total other story for another time. So that we'll we'll have. Uh, if you if you're not a wrestling fan, um, April might be a tough time for you in the show. But that's okay. We'll apologize, get. Apologize, but we also just don't care. Yeah, so. we'll get through. We'll get through. You can call and try and win a shit ton of money, and maybe that'll make you feel better. But <laughs> all right. So I believe we're uh, we're both at at two moments. No, this is, I think that was our third. Oh, was that three? Oh shit, we only got yeah, that's right. Yeah, we got what we each got one left. I'm gonna steal it from you because I feel like we're, we both want to say this is number one. Uh, King of the Ring '96. Yeah, you kind of have to close with it. It's because without the you you can't celebrate 316 without the ad lib of you can take your John 316. And the whole thing, but you know, then Austin three sixteen says, "I just whipped your ass." Where where he has stitches in his lip? Yes, he'd had to go get stitches in between matches from earlier in the night because his lip got uh, ripped open. Yeah, like he had to go to the hospital and come back. Yep, like it... true badass. Um. No, that's a, that's a good, but like that does like that literally sets the stage um, for not only his meteoric rise to the top, but one of the best-selling T-shirts of all time. Uh, Actually, I, I believe is it the? It is the. I. Uh, it's either that or the NWO shirt. I don't know which one. I know like people go back and forth between the two, but like it's the, one of those two. The last thing I read was. Or like one of the things I read was like some long tenured WWE employee, like one of the people that either got cut last year or sometime in 2019, said that uh, regardless of merch sales, like no one is ever going to touch Austin in those Austin 316 shirts. I mean, imagine just the royalty checks that he got for those shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Like golly like i'm I'm sure off of I, like i'm willing to make a bold statement right now and say that he made more off of royalties which they make you know like such a small percentage of all the the sales of that he made more just off the sales of that one shirt than i will ever make in my entire life oh yeah like by far probably 10 times more than i will ever make in my life off just that one shirt not even how much the company made but how much he made in in his like you know four percent royalties or whatever it happens to be 
if at one point WWE was claiming that John Cena alone was bringing in the company $70 million a year. Yeah. I can only imagine how much Austin was bringing in in the most popular time of professional wrestling yeah. ever. Just unbelievable. Yeah, the most popular piece of merch at the most popular time. Just like stupid amount of money. More than I will ever see in my life. And like, I'm not even mad at it. Like, not even mad at it. Just a simple shirt. Just black shirt, Austin 316 on the front, skull on the back. That's it. Yep. That's it. That's it. 25 bucks a pop. I think at that point they were only 20 But still, even that with them only being 20 bucks at a time. God. I mean, we had our mall uh, had legitimately, it was a... It was a wrestling tee. They were all knockoffs. This dude was just selling knockoff WWE shirts at a booth in our mall for like a year and a half. And that's what he did to make money. That's crazy. That's, yeah, just insanity. Just the, yeah. So, you know, that, that is, that is, I think if there is one moment that would be the number one of the number ones that would be like the number one seed of all of them um i've got a weird one for my last one okay because i think it perfectly encapsulates the era and the vibe and the feeling um and i'm going SummerSlam 98 austin undertaker it was on my short list. Like, it really was. Like, first of all, that entire pay per view is friggin' amazing. Um, a One near of the best ladder matches of all time. Oh yeah, like a near perfect pay per view. Um, in a near perfect time of wrestling, just like I won't like if anyone ever wants to know, like, hey, give me, give me one show that tells me what the Attitude Era was all about, like the best of what the Attitude Era was. I wouldn't give them Mania 14. I wouldn't give them, you know, Royal Rumble 98 or 99 or anything like that. Uh, None of the Survivor Series or anything like that. I would give them SummerSlam 98. Like, to me, that was everything right about the Attitude Era. Because there was a lot of crap, but I think that's the the perfection of like what for one event like everything was really good, and that it capped off with probably the hottest crowd for a championship match at the peak. Just everything about it was just magic. It was. And so, yeah, uh, because that was uh, Madison Square Garden. The set was awesome. Uh, It just looked cool. Uh, Just every match was was really good. Even, like, the matches that weren't that great were still really good. Um, But, yeah, just, just it has all of your, like, the Attitude Era players that you like are in there and they're doing something awesome. 
Um, so that event is great, but the championship match is friggin' just another level. Like, I know we we talk about, we, you know, you and I go back and forth, and this will be another um, WrestleMania time uh, discussion to have of who really, who is the greatest of all time. Oh, who's the goat? And uh, I know you've got a soft spot for Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like one of my biggest criticisms of the Undertaker. This is a sneak preview of my argument against the Undertaker. Is that I struggle to list a lot of matches that I consider great matches that the Undertaker was in. And like he he when he has an opponent that he meshes with, his matches are good, but he's not one of those guys that can that, that is like really, really a utility player. But yeah. and like he had just dogs with Austin. Like he had some matches with Austin that were just like just shit. Um but that match was so good like it like i had you know five out of ten expectations and oh my god it was really good so you know i give them a hell of a lot of credit for telling an amazing story and actually having a good match so uh yeah austin taker SummerSlam 98 is my fourth and final spot yeah made a pretty solid Uh, list and and that's and, and the thing is like like we could we could still we could keep going like forever oh, yeah. like we could keep going for stuff because we didn't we didn't touch on much of any of his uh like matches during his title runs of which he had several um you know his his wrestling classics with uh during the uh uh invasion with like him and angle and um which uh, were great. We also neither of us said Mania thirteen against Bret Hart. Yeah, so I mean, like there are there are so many that uh, that Raw Street fight with Bret Hart was really good. Yes. Um, if only just for the storyline stuff. Um, Austin uh, brings a gun to Pillman's house, which might not be one of the best moments, but one of the most memorable. Um, yep. Just so many, so many options to pick from picking eight is really tough picking four is is harder uh we managed to pick eight and there's still so much left on the table but um gosh so many good moments gosh and uh, so fucking many so happy 316 day no matter what day you're listening to this on 316 day oh hell yeah um is is almost officially in the books but uh um, it, it, this was a little easier for me because like I said, I've been watching, um, a lot of, I've, I've been doing the 98 run, uh, of Monday night raw and the pay-per-views. So, um, I just finished, um, over the edge 98. So, um, you know, a lot of that's fresh on my mind, uh, but it's like peak Austin. Um, so I've been, I've been, uh, I've been watching that, um, regularly right now recently so kind of cheating but and i know you haven't been but uh no no, i'm sure that you've been watching something else um that is equally as good 
while I've been watching this? Mostly just porn. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, um... Well, you got me with that because uh, yes, I think it was yesterday I sent you that Snapchat because uh, you sent me in like January, you sent me the uh, the trailer for the new Wrong Turn movie. And I didn't realize that it was already out. And so one day I was just like scrolling through, it wasn't Amazon, it was somewhere, and it was like, review of the Wrong Turn movie. And I was like, what the shit? And I, no, I, I, was like, I was like looking up when the release date was, and they were like, yeah, it came out like some middle of February. And I was like, what? And I looked, and sure enough, yeah, it did. So I had to, of course, go buy it. Um, oh, obviously. Be- because I don't just say it on the show or just, you know, for fun. Like, I enjoy the Wrong Turn movies. It's not a gimmick. It's not a, it's not a joke. I enjoy the Wrong Turn movies. So I had to go support them and buy it. I enjoy probably five out of seven. Yeah, there's a couple real stinkers. But, you know... Uh, Looking at you, three and six. Uh, three is so bad. But two is so good. One is really good. Um, there's some other miscellaneous good ones in there. But I haven't watched the new one yet, but I'm really excited to. So um, I'm a little behind now because I didn't know it was out. But uh, I've got it. I'm going to be watching it probably this weekend. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'll give you. I'll give you my full report. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, so I watched something I'd never seen before recently. I'm Misery? intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'd, I'd never seen Misery before. Really? Yeah. I love that. That's, that's one of the few, uh, Stephen King movies that's, that's good. That's really, really good. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, you see it parodied and referenced all the time. There's even the the video of the woman like cause uh, apparently the entire thing was planned, which she's causing a scene in a Barnes and Noble because she's looking for the misery books. Yeah. Um, I guess they set it up as like a Halloween bit in their store. Uh, but I even like, you know, I, I pretty much knew everything about it, but the fucking, it's still tense. It's still creepy. It's still unsettling. Like, and good God, that scene. <laughs> the hobbling scene? Everybody knows what you say when you say that scene, because it is definitely the hobbling scene. <sighs> yeah, so Misery, uh, I, you know, another thing we actually need to talk about at some point. Uh, misery lived up to the hype. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's a tough watch at some point. Uh, my favorite parody, my favorite parody of misery is the episode of the critic. If you remember the old show, uh, the critic, uh, he writes a book at one point and this lady is like obsessed with it. And it's, it's basically misery and it's so funny like it's so good but um uh it's it's yeah it's it's often parodied for a reason because it's really really good um 
So yeah, you're, you're right. We do need to do a lived up to the hype. Yeah. Because you and I have had that talk where, uh, like the fastest way for me to not be into something is for someone to overhype it and be like, Oh, you gotta watch this and be like, why? Oh, it's just so good. Like, give me a reason why. Like we've, um, you know, we've, we've talked about it before. Like I'll, I'll actively avoid something if it's overhyped because I feel like it's going to make me hate it and that's not fair. So, but yeah, it, it, it lives up to the hype and I try not to overhype it, but it's, it's damn good. I actually get kind of pissed off when like something's really hyped up and I watch it and I still really like it. It's like, God damn it. Like they were right. I didn't want them to be right. Like this guy's so hyped up. (laughs) You ever get like something that's so hyped up to you, you kind of want to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I go into it and I'm like, this better be fucking good. Or I'm like, Oh, that, that, that bitch is gonna, uh, you know, I don't like that person because, you know, I, I feel like, uh, like, cause then I start to feel like a, like the, whatever property it is or whatever movie or anything like TV show or whatever, like it becomes connected with that person. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, that dickhead, like they got bad taste in this and blah, blah, blah. And, um, so, um, you know, it becomes like this, like symbiotic relationship with the person and whatever it is. And then I'm like, it's a representation of them. And I'm like, well, I can't like it because I fucking hate that person. So I don't really hate them, but you know what I mean? Oh, you hate them. I, I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What you been watching, playing, jerking off to? Uh, all three of the above. Uh, I recently rewatched They Live, nice. which is like, oh, it's amazing. And um, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't say enough good things about that movie. And everybody always, um, everybody always quotes the uh, "I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass" line, but. I seriously think my favorite line is the next one that he gives when the guy is um, trying to talk on the the watch because he's he's oh he's wearing sunglasses blah blah he's about this tall and uh, he holds out the shotgun Roddy Piper holds out the shotgun just says Mama don't like tattletales fucking love that line and I don't think that one gets enough credit but um, no I've been uh, I watched that and. Um, I've been, I'll tell you what I've been, besides the 98 wrestling, um, it's it's a little embarrassing, but I'll go ahead and tell you, because we're, we're all friends here, so I'll go ahead and tell you what I've been watching. With uh, benefits. Uh, um. Yes. Hashtag FWB <laughs> podcast. Um, I have been, because uh, on my lunch, when I get home for lunch, usually it's about one o'clock, give or take a few minutes, It's but it's like pretty much right at one. And so what I, about that time is when a new really garbage, uh, like made for TV, uh, quote unquote thriller starts on the lifetime movie network, 
where they play like like stalked by a celebrity or like my killer babysitter or some dumb shit like that. And I love putting that on while I'm like playing on my phone or I'm eating lunch and stuff because it's like it's all terrible overacting, but it's friggin' hilarious. And so I've been watching some, and I always get to watch like the first 30, 45 minutes and then I'll have to go. So I don't want to get invested in something that, you know, like matters. So like, I don't want to get invested in something that's like good. So I'll watch that like purely for schlock value for like the first, you know, half hour as I'm playing on my phone and eating and then go back to work. Um, So... I've been I've been into those. Um, uh, that's I'm mean, I'm trying to find new stuff on Netflix, but um, you know, there's just not well not much there. If if I may, I actually just uh, as my kind of wind down show that I don't mind to turn off for like a few minutes left because I've already seen it. Have you watched Lock and Key? I have not. Um, it's. It goes in such a different direction than the uh, comic did that it's it's worth your time. Um, I do wish it was TVMA instead of TV14 because yeah. they're losing some of the... They have to tone it back for the show, which I don't really like because the comic goes into some fucking dark places. Um... But yeah, I actually just restarted that. I'm probably going to finish up episode three tonight. Interesting. Interessante. Interesting. It's meet my friend, Jimmy Interessante. That was dumb. I don't know what that was. Fucking anyway. I'm into it, though. I like it. No, it's weird. I'm practicing my accents. I don't know. Um... I haven't been... Like, see, I've moved. Like, it's weird. Okay. It's it like, it's weird. Um, I've basically shifted now entirely to only playing mobile games. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, I don't really play like video games, like console games anymore. Like, you know my rule about phones and games. So. I know, I know. Uh, never around you or in front of the children. I know. Um, well, no, I, I, I've had this. I've had this rule for a few phones now. I don't put it. I don't put uh, games on my phone. Ah, oh, so you need to get into that card game that I play. Do I? Yes, it's so Do good. Do I? We could be on a team together. It would be cool because we could call our team name hashtag FWB Podcast. It would be fun. But I understand. I get it because they're a colossal time suck. And usually there's no real rewards other than microtransactions, which are not really a reward. I get it. I know. But I've been playing this game for like six years, seven years now. I can't stop now. I can't. I can't do it. And I'm looking. I'm sitting here like I am sitting here. This is how much it hurts me. Like this is my life right now. I'm sitting here. And I, from where I am sitting right now, I am less than five feet from a PlayStation 4 and a Nintendo 64 with four controllers that are both hooked up. A Nintendo Entertainment System 
inside the box, right next to a Super Nintendo, right next to a RetroPie with about 6,000 games on it. And I'm here going, and I'm here going, well, I really like this mobile card game. It's super fun. Like, so, that's just so you know where my life is right now. Yeah. Buddy, we, we, we got to get you back on the game train. I know. I've been, I've been like, the last thing that I really used the PlayStation 4 was, uh, for was the, uh, the Friday the 13th series that we did because I used it as the Blu-ray player. That's about it. Like, I haven't played much of anything. Um, if you would play Rocket League with me. Oh, God, I haven't played Rocket League in forever. Right? We can I'm, play. I'm terrible. Yeah, oh, dude, me too. I used to, like, when, at my peak, which was very, very short-lived, it was like two weeks, um, I was decent. Like, I was okay. But I tried to play again, like, like late summer, early fall last year, and I was atrocious. <laughs> we We fell into that for a short bit. Like me and the the Dead by Daylight crew, we all yeah. fell back into Rocket League for about a week and a half. Yeah. And yeah, same. There was a point in time, probably like summer of 2015. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I got it when it was free and I was playing a lot. Like summer of 2015, I was like decent. Summer of 2020, I was not. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quickly. Um... It's quickly, it's it's one of those games that, like, your skills quickly evaporate. Like, some games you can pick up and be just as good as you were, like, the last time you played. And that game is definitely not one of them. Yeah. Like, Madden, I could pick up Madden now and play and probably be fine. I could pick up, you know, Fallout and probably be fine. Rocket League, I can't. I cannot be the same. So. So. Yeah. uh, I I think, like, the last time we played, I think one of the games ended and the score was, like, 7 to 1. Um, oh, that's yeah, it's not good. It was ugly. It, it was yeah. ugly. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we were we had some fun with Fall Guys for a little bit when that dropped. Okay. Um, but game wise, I just downloaded and I really want to get into because uh, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Siren from PlayStation Two. I downloaded it on PS4 when it was like three bucks. Uh, it's supposed to be a you know great survival horror game. And I missed so many games from that from that era that I need to go back and play. Like my cousin is looking into because he has a, a GameCube that he removed the optic drive, like the optical drive, and put in like a SD card reader. Okay. And has like a 512 gig SD card. That's awesome. SD card with all the games he wants on it and save states and all that, so he doesn't have to worry about like memory cards or any of that. Uh, and the people that are doing the HD inputs and something similar like that for an N64 are going to start working on a PS2. And I'm like, well, that's going to have to happen. Yeah. And I was just like, so they're thinking about it. And I was like, I could just load it down with all like the survival horror PS2 games I never played. Yeah. 
Like that's that's amazing. Like that's the thing uh, I'm waiting for the 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 retro pie stuff, like all the the Raspberry Pi hardware, to get good enough to do PlayStation Two games and like that era because it can play a couple of them, but like it struggles. Um, yeah. And I know eventually they're going to get there because like that invention, like that whoever created all that stuff to to be able to to put ROMs and stuff on there is a friggin' genius because it's, it's phenomenal. Like it is so good. And, um, I love everything about it. So, um, it'll get there. Cause there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, you like, I didn't get a chance to play that I would love to. And that's like the perfect solution. Yeah. Well, you know, when it happens, I'll let you know, you know, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk off air. About yes. What we need to, what we need to do to make that happen. I'm a fan. I am a fan. Um, but that, yeah, that's about all I've been. Um, I've also been watching, um, a lot of, um, uh, I have one, one guy in particular that I like to watch. Uh, he's a, uh, Disney park YouTuber. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like I don't like, okay, here's my problem with YouTube is I don't like like the top 10 videos and I don't like the, the lists and stuff. Uh, one channel that I've really started to like is, um, uh, oh, like he's a, he's a lawyer and he breaks down, um, like courtroom scenes from movies and tells you like how realistic they are and like what they would like, what they need to change if they wanted it to be realistic. And uh, he's really funny. I really like that. But there's a guy who does, uh, he goes to, all the different Disney parks and like rides, rides goes to the food places and does all that stuff. And like reports back what he likes, what he doesn't like. And like you, you go with him. His stuff's really, really good. He's, he seems really nice. And, um, he, his stuff is real fun. Um, and so I like, I like go there cause it's like, I'm there with him. And, uh, so he, and then like, that's super cool. Um, but other than that, like that's the only stuff I watch now. Yeah. I've, I've kind of been on like a lull of a lot of, um, shit. What am I trying to like think of there? I've been kind of like in a lull of like Mario, Mario ROM hack videos and just a lot of like, downtime and I haven't even really been playing much Mario maker lately either. So I've got some stuff I'm going to delve into. So next time we do this, it'll be a much more interesting conversation. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah. I can't wait to hear about that. <sighs> but I think with that, um, what we'll do is you, you report back on that. I'll report back on the new wrong turn. And we'll have a good, we'll have a good, like, rap session about it. Hell yeah. I'm down. I'm down. But I think with that, I think we're pretty much, uh, I got nothing else. <sighs> Just this hot-ass apartment where I might actually have to turn my AC on. For oh, no. Yeah. Oh. I made the mistake and didn't turn my heat off, and it was like 72 outside today. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, a. it was actually a really nice day, but they say that, um, uh, storms are a coming. So, 
We just can't have nice things. Storms are brewing. Yeah. So I guess with that, buddy, you, yes, know, you know the best way that people can help us on this show is they can uh, share this episode, share their favorite episode with their friends. If they don't like it, they can share it with someone they hate. Um, they can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, we've, we've got some special episodes coming that are going to be real, real fun. And we're getting ready to come back and do live shows, which is going to be great. But, uh, you know, we got uh, big contests coming next week. And uh, so the best way you can, you can give us a like, you can give us a share, you can give us a review. Uh, you can do any of those things. All of that will help us be the best show we can possibly be and help us continue to be your favorite podcast's favorite podcast and until then as always my friends hashtag fwb on all your social medias facebook instagram twitter i can't think of anything clever this week to tie into that so as always uh hashtag fwb on fwb podcast on any of your dating apps we'll get a nice little prize pack uh not just hashtag fwb that just lets people know you're down to fuck right um but my friends until then stay happy stay safe have fun And uh, thank you for being our – I got nothing. What? Nothing. Nothing this week. I got nothing. Fuck it. Thank you for being our friends with benefits.